the light skin heroes, the cash app. If my sound starts acting janky, just, uh, you know, somebody say something in the chat. All right, let me, let me go ahead and do these shout outs, man. So shout out to, shout out to Caesar Antonio. He sent in $4 for support. Shout out to that brother. And shout out to Chris Payton. He sent in $5. Shout out to that brother. And now we got to do our topic. So, like I say, if y'all hear the sound, start acting funny. Somebody say something in the chat. All right. So, uh, says this is from uh, John, John Prajean, Prajean. I'm sure you pronounce this dude's name. He says, hey, it's been a while since I sent you a topic, and the last time was the year of 2008. Uh, he's talking about the topic he sent in reference to 2008 hip-hop. But he says, which was important in setting the stage for the Drake era of hip-hop and about Ludacris's place in hip-hop, which is what I'm still on the fence about. So this time I thought I'd ask you about a year in hip-hop that I feel was an important year, but one that is often, that isn't often talked about. In this case, that will be the year 1998. To me, this was a year that was significant because this was when hip-hop had to recharge its batteries after losing Tupac and Biggie. What else made this year significant was that despite those two being gone and their presence definitely being missed, this year was proof that mainstream hip-hop was still going to die with them gone. Matter of fact, it's probably still one of hip-hop's best years, and in my opinion, was the start of a new era in hip-hop that will set the stage for what will become uh, from 1999 to 2005, especially since this was a year Big Pun made his debut and looked to be well on his way to being legendary from the very beginning. Here are some noteworthy albums from that year, Money, Power, Respect by The Locks, My Homies by Scarface, Moment of Truth by Gangstar, Still Standing by Goody Mob, Capital Punishment by Big Pun, It's Dark and Hell is Hot by DMX, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood by DMX, Pieces of a Man by AZ, Master P The Last Don or MP The Last Don by Master P, Shut Him Down by Onyx, Devin the Dude, or The Dude by Devin the Dude, Order in the Court by Queen Latifah, Behind... The Front by Black Eyed Peas, Death Squad by El Nino, Nori by Nori, Hello Nasty by Beastie Boys, Confessions by Cameron, Miseducation of Lauren Hill by Lauren Hill, 40 Days and 40 Nights by Exhibit, Don Cartagena by Fat Joe, Can I Bust by Cannabis, Mostef and Talib Kweli are Black Star by Black Star. Volume 2, Hard Knock Life by Jay-Z, Equimini by Outkast, 400 Degrees by Juvenile. Now, my personal favorite albums of that year are Equimini, Capital Punishment, Moment of Truth, Miseducation, hold up, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and Flesh of My Flesh. However, I want to know, uh, however, I want what I want to know was, what are your favorite albums from that time and thoughts on 1998 hip-hop? All right. That is from John. Somebody keeps saying Rod Wave. What the hell is Rod Wave? I don't even know who Rod Wave is. Who, who is this? Somebody from St. Pete. 
All right, so 1998, ladies and gentlemen, 1998, that is the year the great G. Dizzle graduated high school, 1998. That is also the year I started my freshman year in college at Tuskegee University. So we're talking 22 years ago. Man, time done flew. So... You know, I got a lot of great memories from back then. There's a lot of great music and all that great stuff, right? Hold up. I'm trying to check my sound because, you know, so I got the jankiest auto system, sound system in all of YouTube. So, what was the question again? <laughs> the question was, uh, he said, I want to know what what. However, what I want to know was, what are your favorite albums from that time and thoughts on 98 Hip Hop? Uh, so if I had to pick a favorite album of 1998, ugh, it's, it's three albums that I probably bang religiously back then. Three albums in particular. First album would be DMX. Is Dark and Hell is Hot. I believe I wore that album out for weeks upon weeks upon weeks at a time. The second album that I wore out in 1998 was Outcast Equimini. I didn't actually listen to that album until I got to college. It's Dark and Hell is Hot came out when I was still a senior in high school right before I graduated that year. Cass came out that summer. Yeah, I remember it was during the summertime. Wait, hold on. Was it summer or was it freshman year? Because I had started summer school at Tuskegee. Hold on. I'm trying to, let, me get my, let, me get my, let me get my numbers right here. No, Cass came out when I started fall semester at Tuskegee. So I started, I went to summer school at Tuskegee, but then I came back obviously for the, for the official beginning of fall semester in my freshman year. That's when Cass came out. And I remember Cass, because I was at this dude's room named Bobby G. Bobby G used to smoke mad, mad marijuana back in the day. He was our go-to guy from when it was time to blaze. Right. I ain't think Bob. I, I I honestly thought Bobby G was was going to drop out of college and not be nothing in life. Bobby G is currently a lawyer, has his own law firm, and 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 be out there doing the damn thing in law. <laughs> but when I first met him, first time we went over to his apartments, he was standing in the West Commons on a campus at Tuskegee University, and we used to go by his spot because he would let us use his washer and dryer. Because I didn't have a washer and dryer that worked in the dorm. And so I would go by his apartment to wash my clothes. And while we was over there washing clothes, either I would bring some trees or he would have some trees and we'd be smoking. I think he was like, I was a freshman and he was like a junior at that time, I believe. And like I said, I thought this dude, all I ever seen him do was smoke. I never seen him do nothing else. So I thought he was going to eventually drop out of college. He owns his own law firm now. Doing, doing the damn thing out there in life. And the third album, what was the third album? I think this dude named it. Hold on. There was a third album that came. Oh, yeah. The third album that 
I wore out religiously in 1998 was Juvenile's 400 Degrees. So I had DMX is Dark and Hell is Hot. Outcast Aquimini and Juvenile's 400 Degrees. Those were the three albums that I wore all the way the hell out in 1998. I couldn't get enough of all three of those albums. I couldn't get enough of them. I felt, I mean, I literally, I could not get enough of all three of those albums during that entire year. DMX. I loved that album from beginning to end. I love how it opened up. Uh, how, how's it go? It's been a while. Matter of fact, I was listening to it not too long ago. Um, you know, it starts out with that that one song. Uh, ah, shit, how's it go? Where my dog's at? What? What? Anyways, y'all know what I'm talking about. But I like that album because DMX... He took New York City back to the grimy era. You know, New York City was under the heavily, heavily influenced by Puff Daddy at this time. Everybody was shiny shoe, uh, shiny shoes, shiny suits and shiny shoes, I guess you'd say. Shiny suits down, Puffy and Mace was hopping and skipping and traveling all over the world, doing all kind of stuff. Hell, you even had Jay-Z out there throwing shiny suits on a, uh, a year or so earlier on that, on that one album, that did, his second album that didn't really do, a lot of people didn't like too much. What was that one song he did with the shiny suits in the video? Even Jay said he was trying to be like Puffy at this point. Just a Hanukkah, I can't go nowhere without my sunshine. Y'all remember that song? The video was Whack Arnold's too. So we were in that... We were heavy into that shiny suit era. Everybody thought they was mobsters and everybody was running around here pretending like they were a part of the uh, the freaking, you know, the Italian mob and everybody's dressing up in pinstripe suits. And, you know, we, we were stuck in that era, you know, combined with Puffy and the shiny suits. DMX came out where my dog's at. Well, why? where my dog's at? <laughs> He came out with that joint. The video was grimy. You know, he just, he literally said it in the video. It's time to take it back to the motherfucking streets. He literally took it back to the streets. And then you saw the locks follow suit. They, they, they ditched the shiny suits with bad boy and went back to, you know, being, being some little goons running around doing that thing. But DMX made it cool to go back to the grimy era of hip hop that dominated the early 90s when, when groups like Wu-Tang was out there doing their thing. He made it cool. And plus, DMX was hella poetic. That dude, look, DMX wasn't just a rapper. This dude was a poet who knew how to rap. Like, if you listen to that whole album, you just took the music away. It's like this dude was spitting poetry. Just real, raw, gritty, grimy poetry. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it, it, it actually sounded like that. And then he just put a beat to it. And so it was amazing. That album was amazing. He had, what was this? Let me go through the list. Hold on. It's dark. And I can't remember all the names of the songs. So I got to go through it. I mean, from the, the, the way the intro started off. Obviously, Rough Riders Anthem. We all like that. 
Fucking with D. Look through my wait. Is this the album? Yeah, this is it. Look through my eyes. Get at me, dog. Let me fly. X is coming. Damien. We all like that song. Damien. How's it going down? You know, my favorite story. My my favorite song on this album is the ATF song. Boom, boom, boom. Knocking the door. ATF. <laughs> I love that song. His his storytelling abilities was something else, man. And he like he just like let it loose on this on this album. Right? DMX was that was that nigga back in the day. Fuck what y'all talking about. Um, but I like I like that about X, man. He just he just let it all out. He was like, yo, let's, let's take it back to the streets. And then that opened the door for 50 Cent to come through and you know come out there and be this super street cat that he uh portrayed himself to be and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hold up, I'm trying to get my windows right. I picked the wrong window. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and then that opened the door for Dipset. I seen somebody mention Dipset in here. That opened the door for Cameron. You know, basically, it just opened the door for a lot of rappers to get off this whole shiny suit thing. We rich, we popping bottles, we gallivanting all over the world like Puff Daddy. Because, I mean, you just listen like, you just listen to the music, like even Craig Mack. Y'all remember when Craig Mack came out? Here comes the brand new flavor in your ear. You know, then after Craig Mack, I think he got dropped after his first album. He came out with a second album. Craig Mack was running around with his shiny suits on too. But it just, it just didn't fit what we all like Craig Mack for. So that shiny suit era of the, the mid... Uh, of the uh you know that era it, the shiny suit era really lasted from about about 95 to about 97 ish maybe going into 98 a little bit yeah about 95 to 98 that was really like the shiny suit era of hip-hop right there and everybody was doing it i mean everybody especially east coast rappers and even some rappers down south a little bit was kind of trying to imitate it a little bit but puffy had this shiny suit thing on lock and had everybody out there trying to rap about living the high life. You know what I'm saying? X, if you know the history of DMX, DMX up until that point, he had, uh, he had been signed to Rough Rider. Uh, he had been signed to, he had the Rough Riders label or whoever he was signed to since like 1988. He had been trying to get put on for like 10 years before that. He had like a, you know, a very rough life coming up through that. And so finally, when this, when he got his time to blow back in 1998, you just imagine he took a decade's worth of anger, pain and all kind of stuff. This, this joker got his name, the name of his pit bull tattooed on his back. Boomer, you know, they're barking around like dogs and you know, all kind of crazy stuff. And he just took it back to the streets, man. What he, what he knew, right? So that opened the door for the early 2000s with all these New York cats getting grimy and, you know, just, just kind of going back to how they were 10 years earlier, except everybody was like super duper drug kingpins <laughs> around that time. So I love that album. I still love it to this day. One of my favorite hip hop albums, man. I mean, I, I, DMX, his, his skills are just amazing, especially on that album. Like I say, his delivery, his his unique voice. Because, you know, if it wasn't for X, there would be no Ja Rule. How do you think Ja Rule got signed? He sounded like DMX at the time. You know what I'm saying? 
You know what I mean? He opened the door for Ja Rule to come through. But, um, you know, Ja Rule's first album was kind of hot, too. Let's not even front. Well, let's not even front. Ja Rule had a hot career. <laughs> prior to him going to jail and prior to 50, well, the first couple albums Ja Rule put out were kind of hot. We was all singing them songs, so let's stop pretending like we weren't. But even to this day, I think Ja Rule got a better catalog than 50 Cent by far. 50 just has one super tight classic album, which is his first one. Get rich or die trying, in my opinion. But um, so we got that. Then we get to Outcast, Equimini. Now, I was a fan of Cast since forever. Southern Playlist, Cadillac Music is my joint. AT Aliens came out when I was in like 10th grade. We used to wear that thing out religiously back then. But when that, that damn, that damn Equimini came out, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We, we was, uh, that thing teleported us to another level. I mean, it just, it was just something about that whole album, the vibes, how they put the songs together. It was, you know, before vibe became a, a, a catchy phrase everybody uses, it was, that song, uh, uh, it, was, it was truly a vibe, man. It was truly a vibe. I mean, it just, the songs just kind of put you in the zone. And how I know, because we used to smoke mad trees listening to this album all the time in college. We used to smoke mad trees, especially when we got to Spodiote Dopalicious. That's everybody's jam right there. That was the joint Return of the G. Andre was snapping on this one. It's the return of the gangsta. Thanksta. Skewed on the barbecue that had um that had your boy um Raekwon on it. That was that was tight. I love synthesizer. Synthesize. I can't even say the damn word. Synthesizer. Uh, what was the other one? It was another one. I think it was the Art of Storytelling Part 2. Baby, did you hear that? Yeah, baby, I heard it too. The sky is the, 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 the sky is the electric blue. Mama, the, the. I can't remember. Man, I got to go back and listen to the songs again. Liberation, that had um, Erica Badu singing the hook on that one, I think. She was on that joint. Anyways, that's, that album was amazing. And then what was the other one I said? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Raekwon had a, had a tight-ass verse. Like this, this album was amazing from front to back. I think there was only like one song I would skip over. And the only song that I, I, I kind of skipped over was Mama Sita. Now, I didn't skip over Andre's voice vo- verse on Mama Sita. You and your nigga shit shaky. Now you start, now your heart starting to feel like achy breaky. Lump in your throat, feel like a tricky. Oh, damn it. Something. I can't, I, listen, I got to go back and look at the words. What did that nigga say in that, that song? Uh, he said, uh, what did he say about grab her by her throat? Say, bitch, don't never disrespect me. Never. Not at all. <laughs> Anyways, that, that's the only song I would skip over. But, you know, I got to listen to Andre 3000's verse. Other than that, I like the album. But here is my absolute favorite album of 1998. Juvenile 400 Degrees. 
This is my favorite album. What year did this album? Yeah, it came out 1998, November 3rd. This was my favorite album. I remember the first time I saw this video. Now, I had heard of Cash Money before. Because I remember seeing BG's CDs in the store, but B, uh, but Cash, but Master P at that time was still dominating hip hop, especially Southern hip hop, and well, hell, just hip hop in general. And so I remember seeing BG's Chopper City in the ghetto, and it had that you know those those designs. I, I forgot it was a it's a company out of Houston, Texas. They used to do all these these crazy album cover art. Like they all went to the same person in Houston, Texas, right? And I saw BGs. I was like, oh, they're just trying to copy Master P. Because, you know, the No Limit Tank was still rolling hard back in 98. Like, like ridiculously hard. But I remember seeing Juvie and that damn Han video came on. I was in the student union watching it. I was like, who is this country ass nigga right here? That's you with that big body bands, huh? That's you that can't keep old lady because you keep fucking her friends, huh? You got to go to court, huh? You got to serve the subpoena for child support, huh? That was that nerve, huh? You ain't even getting much chance to say a word, huh? I ain't know I ain't tripping because somebody, some, nobody got them birds, huh? <laughs> you want to bust one of these niggas' heads, huh? You ain't scared, huh? You know how to play it, huh? I know you ain't going to let a nigga come and punk you, huh? Stand in front you, huh? Straight up run you, huh? You know who got that fire green, high. You know how to use the triple beam, high. Shit ain't hard as it seem, high. You keep your body clean, huh? You got a lot of Jabot jeans, high. Some of your partner's dope fiends, high. You don't really want to fuck with them niggas, high. You come up with them niggas, high. You stuck with them niggas, huh? <laughs> Look, I couldn't stand that song when it first came out. I was like, God, this is a horrible song. But man, they played it so much, and I started listening to it. And I started listening to the words. I was like, I was like, this dude actually talking some real shit. <laughs> like, you don't really want to fuck with them niggas, huh? You come up with them niggas, huh? You stuck with them niggas, huh? I mean, it's like, damn, that's some real shit right there. This little country ass nigga from New Orleans is talking. And then I had started listening to some of uh, Juvenile's old stuff from his Soldier Rags album. You know, when a new artist like that come out, and all of a sudden all his old stuff. <laughs> Starts coming around as well. And as I started listening to the old stuff, I was like, damn, this nigga can really rap his ass off. And so I went and copped 400 degrees from the CD man, the bootleg man in the student union. And man, I wore that album out, B. I couldn't get enough of it. Somebody said, what was the song? Ghetto Children, Up Until Then. Yeah, Soldier Rags was that shit. Let's not even front. Let me tell you, Juvenile's best verse he ever spit was on Soldier Rags, right? We had a couple of them joints, but what was that one particular song? Y'all ain't never heard the Soldier Rag song. He got, okay, who's the motherfucker? That's my shit. But there's this one particular song, Money on the Couch. If y'all ever go get a chance, go listen to this song right here, Money on the Couch. You want to talk about Juven, Juvie... <laughs> You want to talk about a nigga that got skills. Go listen to this song. I wouldn't play it, but I, I can't play it for obvious reasons. This song right here is what made me really go back and pay attention to Juvenile and fall in love with the 400 Degrees album. 
Put the money on the couch, nigga. Give me everything up in your house, nigga. Shut your mouth, nigga. I love this song to death. But 400 degrees, though. Oh, I told y'all. I told y'all I love this album so much that I own the website. The you I own the domain name 400 degrees. <laughs> so if you go to GoDaddy right now, GoDaddy.com, and you type in 400 degrees.com, do a domain name search for it. It's gonna say it's available for $995. You know why? Because I own this website name. <laughs> That's how much I love this album. I'm the guy that owns this website, just in case y'all didn't know. 400degrees.com. I own that website. I don't have to keep it to myself. I can buy it. It was 400 Degrees. Has been, that album came out over 20 years ago. If they really wanted it, they could have bought that shit 20-something years ago. So I bought it. <laughs> I don't care. I don't. I don't. It, it was up there for sale. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. I didn't break any laws. I bought it. That's not, and I, ain't, I don't plan on doing nothing with it. Just holding on to it. I highly doubt they'll ever buy it from me. But that's just how much I love the album. I went and bought the damn domain name, right? So, anyways, getting back to uh, 400 degrees. I'm trying to find a list of songs here. Give me a second. Where they at? Oh, here we go. So from beginning to end, this is just one of these albums, man, that it just, it just, it just, it just touches you in your soul <laughs> from beginning to end. It just touches you in your soul, man. You're just like this. Obviously this album was the, was the, was the turning point for cash money to take over for the nine, nine and the 2000 all the way to the. To the present day, which led into the discovery of Nicki Minaj and Drake and all that stuff. This this was the album that set all the wheels in motion. This is the album that set the wheels in motion for every rapper to, you know, these new rappers to mimic Lil Wayne to someday. This album right here set this album pretty listen, if you want my honest opinion, 400 degrees is the album that changed the course of hip hop. To where we currently are now. Like, I don't, I don't even know how anybody can really dispute this. And what do I mean? I, I'll say it again. 400 Degrees, obviously, was Juvenile's album. It was on Cash Money Records' album. It was, the, it was the album that took Cash Money over the top and made them become household names outside of the South. They ended up getting like a $30, $40 million record deal for that album. Turn Juvenile, BG, Turk, Lil Wayne, Manny Fresh, Baby, and and so and and, and uh, Slim, you know, Baby's older brother, all into superstars. It really took Lil Wayne. This this album helped propel Lil Wayne to the stratosphere in hip hop throughout the course of his career. After everybody started leaving Cash Money, and I don't care how you feel about Lil Wayne. Y'all are not going to honestly sit here and pretend like this dude hasn't been one of the most influential rappers over the last 20 years in terms of 
Look at all the rappers that came out over the last decade. All these little, little such and such. They all look like and try to sound like and mimic Lil Wayne to a certain degree. All the tattoos all over their faces. Wayne was one of the first rappers out there who was who, who made putting tattoos on your faces hella popular. Him and Baby, they was out there just tatting up every piece of their skin that they could. They were the, they were like the first rappers that really made that popular. Get it popping like that to where they got tats on my face, my neck, and my, you know, when they were saying all that shit. Now every rapper does that. Bling, bling, obsessive jewelry. Granted, we've had a lot of that in hip-hop throughout the years, but well, I'm not even going to say that they made that. That was, that was already a staple in hip-hop, the, the over-the-top gaudy jewelry. But look at all the songs Lil Wayne has been on just over the last 20 years, especially... When, he, when his career really started accelerating around 2005, when he was dropping all them mixtapes, mixtape Wheezy, it just took him to another level. And then from there, we get Drake and Nicki Minaj. Drake is the biggest pop artist, pop star in the world. Nobody's bigger than Drake. I'm not just talking about rap. I'm talking about music, period. That dude is like the biggest pop star in the world is Drake. Wouldn't have been possible if it hadn't been for Lil Wayne. And it wouldn't have been possible if it hadn't been for this Cash Money album taking off the way it did. Drake is bigger than Justin Bieber. Drake is bigger than everybody out there, B. And maybe, he, maybe Beyonce might be up there with him. But Drake is one of the, is, is, is the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest pop star in the world. He ain't Bieber ain't Bieber ain't doing Drake's numbers. Get out of here. Maybe 20, 10 years ago when Bieber was a little kid, he was probably doing numbers like Drake. But he ain't doing that crap today. Drake has been on fire for literally 10 years, bro. 10 years, 10 straight years. I, well, however long he's been rapping, it's been over 10 years. I don't remember when his first album, his, that mixtape came out. But he's been on fire for over a decade. Non-stop. Everything this dude touches, people go listen to. Selling out show. I mean, everything. Just, I mean, just everything. The dude, the dude is just, I don't know what it is. The dude is just everywhere. But you got to thank Lil Wayne for that. And then you got to thank Cash Money. And you got to thank Juvenile for putting out this great album, which kicked this whole thing off. Like I say, Cash Money been doing their thing 10 years before that, but Master P was the man out in the streets. When this album came out, this, this turned everything around. So, like I say, in my opinion, I think this is what really changed hip-hop was the 400 Degrees album to where we currently are now. Because just look at everything that came up out of it. Just, just look at all the artists. <laughs> just look at, look at the last 10 years of hip-hop. Dominated by something related to cash money. Young money, cash money, same thing, whatever. Dominated. So, yeah, I wore this album out. And then I wore out uh, uh, quite a few because BG came out with his album, Chopper City in the Ghetto. Love that album. As a matter of fact, BG is my favorite artist out of cash money. I like all them other dudes. I wasn't really much of a fan of Turk. Like Wayne, the old Wayne. Like Juvia, this, this era of Juvia and before that. 
But BG, oh Jesus, that dude was a monster back then. Beats by the pound. Yeah, they were the shit too. But when No Limit kind of faded away, so did Beats by the pound. You know, they were the in-house producers. Meanwhile, Manny Fresh took off to the stratosphere at one point. And he's still up there considered with the greats. He made bounce music hella popular. I mean, it was popular, but it became extremely popular thanks to him. So those are my three albums, man. Hell is Hot, DMX, Spodioli, uh, uh, Equimini by Outkast, and 400 Degrees by Juvie. Those are, the, those are my top, those are my favorite albums of 1998, man. And we had a lot of albums out then. Obviously, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill came out. Great album. Used to wear that out. I wish she had to put more work out, but, you know, everybody calls her one of the greats. I don't think you can call her one of the greats. You know, that's the only album she put out. And I'm not even sure you can classify that as a hip hop album. She spent more time singing on that album than she did rapping. So I don't know if that's technically a hip hop album. And they mentioned Capital Punishment by Big Pun came out that year. That was a great album. Still Standing by Goody Mob. Which one is that? Is that the one with, uh, if you don't like what I say, fly away, fly away. Is that that, is that, that album with that song on it? Yeah, that's it. I love this album, too. Still Standing by Goody Mob. That's my, that's my joint. That's when they really, I think, I think they really, I think Goody Mob really started shining on this album more so than they did the last one. And then, obviously, we know what came about from that. CeeLo, his career skyrocketed eventually. We had a lot of great music that year. Let me see. Let's go see what albums came out. It was so many of them. Let's, let's just go check. The Locks, Money, Power, Respect. Eh, I didn't really get too much into that. Other, you know, I, I, I just really wasn't like a Locks fan like that. I like Jada Kiss, but I just couldn't. I don't. Know, I, I never really got into it. Young Bleed. <laughs> I remember that song. Uh, what was that damn song? How you do that there? That was my shit. I only like that one song though. Silk the Shocker. He came out in '98. Yeah, he sure did. Scarface. Yeah, I remember that. That was a good album. Scarface came out that year. Who else? I'm just going through the albums that I like. Sea Murder, Life or Death. Oh, gang fucked up and I ain't got no friends. I just spent my last $70,000 on the drop top beers. Uh, and I'm a trill nigga. Down to put the 45 to his heel figure. That was Sea Murder rapping on C, uh, Pimp C rapping on Sea Murder. Oh, Capadonna the Pillage came out. What do y'all know about this album right here? Capadonna, uh oh, y'all can't see it. The Pillage, that came out in 98. I love this album. I love this album right here, ladies and gentlemen. I forgot all about Capadonna from the Wu Tang Clan. That was my album right there. 
Damn, I forgot you came out that year too. Damn. Who else came out that year that I like? It's Gangstar, Smith and Wesson, Do or Die, Heads or Tails. This was the shit too. That's what I'm doing. This bothering, trying to get with me on stage. I can never fall in. Can I hear Alex? Trying to hit the next back toe. Fetter with the road, jump a jewel go go. I spoke a bees and dodge a popo. Got a pip to myself, so I pip to a bow. Hold on for a minute, let me call my, you know, numero uno. Two moments, it's like so. When I run around, you know, when all the all things out. Three for the teen, teen, to the teen, teen, to the. I used to be banging this shit back in the day. That do or die album was the sh- man. Listen, that album is the shit right there. Y'all don't know nothing about nothing out there. Who else was hot that year? Good God, '98 was a great year, man. I graduated high school, started college. Ah, uh, Goody Mob. We already talked about them. Yeah, that do or die heads or tail album was the. You, we all know their first song. Uh, uh, w- w- what was it? Uh. The one with Twister that, that got, got, got him put on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How'd it go? Uh, damn it. I can't think of it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, well, the motherfucker might be broke and shit, but don't let me the dope attempt. I'll be spitting more games in a mouthful of poker just to get the hoes with the oaken lips and the provoking hills and never got to tell me they lie. Uh, something, something in the kitty thighs with a peanut butter butter complex. <laughs> Yeah, do you want to ride? That's what. Do you want to ride in the backseat of the cabin, chopping up and do it die? But when they dropped that heads of tails, I was like, God, these niggas is hot. Who else came out that year that I was a fan of? Big Pun. Who else? Fiend from No Limit, DMX, AZ. I, I didn't really get into AZ like that. At that time, I really wasn't like a super big fan of AZ. Other than his first album, Snoop Dogg, eh? Nah, I think Snoop was kind of Snoop was kind of whack. Wasn't Snoop? He was on No Limit back during that time frame, wasn't he? I think he had signed to No Limit around that time. Soldier Slim, Big Soldier, not 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 Soldier Boy, but Soldier Slim. He was he came out. That album was hot. Eight Ball MJG lost. Who else? Master P, Devin the Dude. I'm trying to think of all the albums that I actually listened to. Nori, Cameron. Who else? Who else? Uh, Lauren Hill, Fat Joe, Cannabis. I don't think I got into that one. Who else? Black Star. Jay-Z. Definitely Jay-Z. Outcast. already said that one. Oh, yeah. Mob Stability with Twister. That was his, uh, that was a hot album. Who else? Tila. Is that, is that Holes in the Club showing love? Is that that album? Yeah, I think that was that album, if I'm not mistaken. 
Hoes in the club showing love. Shaking that ass. Who else? Juvie. Uh, there was a lot of albums that came out that year. Buster Rhymes. Can't forget about Busta. Red Man, Mystical, DJ Clue, DMX. We had a lot of joints that came out that year. So there was a lot of joints. I'm not going to go through and get my opinion on every single one of them joints. Just know that it was, it was a lot of them joints that came out that year. Somebody put some money in here? Vel said C Murder. Yeah, C Murder. That's right. There was a lot of joints that came out. Man, I'm about to go. Yeah. Anyways, we got a lot of hot joints, man. So, what's the question this guy asked me again? I'm not going to make this a long topic. He said, what I want to know was, what are your favorite? So, I told him what my favorite albums were and my thoughts on 98 Hip Hop. So, like I said, my thoughts on 98 Hip Hop was, that was... uh. Like I say, first and foremost, I think with Juvenile's High album, that was the official transformation of hip-hop leading into where we are today. Because, I mean, you just have to look at everything that came about as a result of cash money. They had literally changed hip-hop over the last 20 years, in my opinion. But it was also the start of going back into this grimy era of hip-hop, you know, which we was in the, in the early 90s, but now it became the combined griminess and everybody became like super-duper drug dealers and stuff. You said do 99 for the heck of it. All right, let's go, let's go look up 1999 albums. Who came out that year? Uh, see. Go see who came out in 99, y'all. All right, you got Silk the Shocker, Made Man, Tear the Club, Tear the Club Up, Thugs, Crazy in the... Uh, who was that? Is that 3-6 Mafia? Yeah, that was 3-6, okay. Let me see. Black Moon, Eminem. Okay, this is the year Eminem came out and... and, and Hi, my name is Sicker Sicker Slam Shady. They, they, wore that, they wore that song out. I remember that shit. The Roots, Things Fall Apart. That was pretty dope. Who else? I didn't get into the C Murder album that year. Who else came? Who else? Who had a hot album that year? That I think was hot. I don't care what y'all think. I'm just talking about what I think. Nas, I am. That was I. I, I we had a couple joints on there. Wasn't my favorite Nas album. It was written was, was my favorite Nas album. Rough Riders Volume One. I don't remember this. Like, what was the hot song that came out? Let me see. Jigga, my nigga, rhyme all night. I don't remember. Snoop Dogg was whack. Eight Ball MJG. Which album was this? 
Which album did Space Age Pimpin' come out on? Yeah, when I die, you know, I already got like a list of songs I want played at my funeral. And Space Age Pimpin' is one of them. <laughs> Space Age Pimpin' is, is, it has to be played at my funeral. I got a, that, that song and Groove Me by, by Guy. Those are the two songs that definitely have to be played at my funerals. Groove Me by Guy and Space Age Pimpin' by 8-Ball MJG. Who else came out? Okay, Ja Rule dropped that year. That was a pretty hot album. I don't think 99 was as good as 98. It's a lot, it looked like a lot of hit or misses. Okay, Missy Elliott. Okay, she dropped too. Let's see. I don't think 99 was as good as 98. Ludacris came out in 99. That was, a, that was a hot album. Uh, Nori came. Did Nori drop 98 or not? No, he dropped 98. Eve came out. Okay, Red and Meth did the Blackout album in 99. Okay. Who else came out that was hot that I recall? I mean, you got to think, this is like 20-something years ago. Let's see. Lil Wayne, The Block is hot. Jay-Z's Volume 3, Life and Times of Sean Carter. Yeah, I don't think 99 was as good as 98. I'm sorry. 98 is, is a hard year to beat. I, I don't think. Shit, let's go look at 97. Shit. <laughs> go look at 97. Oh, shit. Camp Low came out in 97. This is it. What? Lil Chain Day Power right from the Sky. Let's get rich. What? Yeah, that was a hot song. True to the Game. Okay, 97 was pretty good. Tracy Lee. Biggie. We had a good year in 97. Hmm, let me see. Who else came out? Uh, Pony Noriega. Uh, who else? The Beat Nuts. Was that the year they dropped that song? Was that that year or was that later? I don't remember. BG. Okay, Missy Elliott, Super Duper Fly came out in 97. That's right. I think 97 was pretty good. 99, I don't know what happened. 98 was the shit, though. Let's see, who else? Damn, Lil John came out in 97 with Get Crunk, Who You With? I thought, damn, is that 97? Yes, it was. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, Eminem had an album come out then, too? Oh, the Slim Shady EP. 
Wu Tang Forever. That came out in '97. Abomatomically, Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't define why I be dropping these. That came out in '97. The greatest intro, in my opinion. That came out in '97. Was that '97? Yeah, it sure was 97. Damn, you're right. Wow. I remember when that song came out. Oh, Jesus. Abomatomically, Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't define the why we dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform armed robbery, flee with the lottery. Possibly they spotted me. Battle scar show guns. Oh, right. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Let's see. West Side Connection. I mean, I remember Lil John. Lil John wasn't, because you know, Lil John, he did a lot of beats back in the 90s. He, um, what was that joint he did? Everybody loved. Um, At night, I think of you. I want to be your lady, baby, if your game is off. He did the beat to that. He was in the video, but nobody knew who the hell Lil John was back then. I didn't realize Get Crunk Who You With came out in 97. You know who came out in 98? Pastor Troy. <laughs> Pastor Troy came out. Uh, no more playing GA. My nigga, fuck what you say. Ain't no more playing GA. Oh, that came out in 99. Never mind. I remember when that came out. They were like, oh, shit, who this nigga from Georgia? Talking crazy like this about Master P. Yeah, cash money for the 99 and 2000. Cash money ain't slowed down since. Let's see. Who else y'all say up in here? Boot camp for the people. Mob, yeah, Mob Deep. Uh, which album from Mob Deep came out that year? It wasn't Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm came out when I was in college. I don't remember that because I remember watching the video in college. Let me tell y'all, when, when, the, when, the, when the original Quiet Storm video came out, I was in college and we was watching that video. Do y'all know that they used to they used to run um they used to run words on the screen to kind of translate what Prodigy was saying? Because when people was listening to it, they didn't know what the hell Prodigy was talking about in his lyrics. So they would have they would have words coming on the screen kind of translating to explain what he was saying during the song. Did y'all know that? Did anybody remember seeing the words on the screen that was translating what Prodigy was saying in, in Quiet Storm? That's how that's how I remember that so vividly. Now, we didn't have Google Translate because I remember I was watching. It was in the cafeteria and the Quiet Storm video came on. And I remember I was thinking, why do they have words on this screen? They're trying to translate what he was saying because he was rapping in straight metaphors the entire time. Like, let's go look up the lyrics to Quiet Storm. He was rapping in metaphors the entire lyric, especially the first verse that they put. They put words up there, uh, lyri- uh, words up there to translate what he was saying. And I was looking at it like this is I've never seen nothing like this before. So here we go. I put my lifetime in between the paper. Hold up, this freaking ad just popped up. I put my lifetime in between the paper's lines. I'm the quiet storm nigga who fight rhyme. PA, you heard of them, but I ain't concerned with them. Nigga, I pop more guns than you're holding them. Made my route while the sun's out. I'm scolding men. A low 10 and broad daylight. Get right. Fuck your life. 
I bought my 98 dirt bike. You try to stop mines from growing to make your blood stop flowing. Take affirmative action to any ass if he asks. And then here comes the Mac 10. Use a dick. Okay, this ain't the verse I'm talking about. Oh, here it is right here. So I remember this scene, right? I remember this, this verse right here. And they had a bunch of quote unquote translators on the screen. So it says, yo, the P-Rock 40-inch cables, drinking white label. So I remember, so they put 40-inch cable stands for a 40-inch long necklace. I remember seeing that on the screen. So the P-Rock 40-inch cables, drinking white label. My chain hang down on my dick. My piece bang glass tables. Diamonds and guns before the fame. Duke a nigga like me, whole tech. So you the same too. Going through the emotions, a gun holding. Long shotgun down my pants, leg limping. Killer B still living. Even on my pop too, he taught me how to shoot when I was seven. I used to bust shots crazy. All right, where's that one verse? Oh, here we go. So here's where they really started translating because niggas ain't know what the hell he was talking about. He says, it go one, two, three to the fourth. That nigga P-double got that shit for y'all. People to rock to, stirring up pots and brew in Hell's Kitchen. A chef the impossible. To serve hot plates all across the unified states. Sit down and sup with the top rap reps. We the streets that's watching broad moves diligent. You better walk like a nigga on the tightrope. So basically, when he said it goes one, two, three to the fourth, everybody's like, what is he talking about? Then they had a translator come on the screen talking about he's talking about his first, second, third, and fourth album. <laughs> I remember seeing this. I was like, this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. But he was just rapping in metaphors the entire time. He was, and they really, they literally had translations popping up on the screen explaining what he was talking about. And he said, my first assignment, give them the shit they've been missing. That's my, that's my new additions way, bitching. Those are listening. Get addicted to my addition. Fuck rise of rap prescriptions. For your disease, generic raps, just not potent like peas. 1,100 cc's on the throttle. I peel off, check naked Okatanos. Forget, ah, man, that was my shit. God damn. Anyways, let me stop rapping, y'all. Y'all niggas don't know shit about that. Uh, let's see. When D4L came out, they killed hip hop. I don't think so. D4L, they was part of the snap, snapping, the snapping era. What was it called? Snap music. So it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of snap rappers back then. Snap music. I mean, obviously, it came up out of Atlanta. Snap your fingers, do your step. You can do it all by yourself. Let me see you do it. Hey, now look. For those of y'all who don't know, we used to get crunk as hell in the club during that time. But you had a lot of snap rappers. You had them franchise boys. Lean with it. Rock with it. D4L, Laffy Taffy, Young Jock is going down. Soldier Boy. That's when Soldier Boy came out. You can, you can throw Soldier Boy on this list of changing hip-hop, too. He changed the way niggas made money off hip-hop. He was the first one to really embrace this whole internet thing. Be over there spamming people to death on LimeWire and, <laughs> and all that other crap. But it was a whole bunch of these freaking snap rappers, but we was getting it in back in the clubs. I don't know what the hell y'all talking about. We was getting it in. Everybody was snap, snap rapping and snap dancing and all that shit. Who else? Somebody say G.O.D. Part 3 was the dopest video ever. I don't remember this. I don't remember watching this video. I have to go watch it on my own time. Let's see. Who else? Who, who else y'all say? Pastor Troy was slept on. Let me tell you my favorite Pastor Troy song. This the city, this the city, this the city. This is my favorite Pastor Troy song right here. This the city. <laughs> 
That, that's the best Pastor Troy song that ever came out. That song make you want to just go rob every nigga that you see walking down the street. Like every time I listen to it, I feel like going to rob somebody. Like it puts me in that zone. But we had a, it was a lot of good music though, man. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of good music. I got to put me together a serious playlist because it's gonna be crunk as hell at my funeral. <laughs> Can you imagine I'm gonna be 80 years old listening to this the city, sitting in my damn my damn wheelchair, wrinkly as hell, arthritis. <laughs> Talking about this the city. My, my damn great grandkids or grandkids will be looking at me like, sit your old ass down, grandpa. We out here listening to Thugnificent now or <laughs> whoever else out there. Homies over hoes. I'm good on that. <laughs> I'll pass. Uh, let's see. Anyways, it was a lot of good years. So 98 was a good year, y'all. 98 was a good year for hip hop. We got a lot of good things come out of that year. A lot of good albums. The direction of hip hop started changing drastically thanks to cash money taking over for the 99 and the 2000. Outcast is doing their thing. They set us up nicely for their next album. What was the album that came out after uh, after um, Equimini? What was it? It was uh, I can never remember the name of these albums, man. It was uh, oh yeah, Stank on You. Oh Jesus, you know what? I've been debating lately. I've been, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all something. I've been debating lately. I think Stank Only was better than Equimini. If you want my, I, 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 I legit think Stank Only was better than Equimini. And honestly, I think Stank Only might have been Outkast's best album. If you want my honest opinion. Look, I love Southern Playalistic Cadillac music. That, that blew the doors off for Southern hip-hop and really gave Atlanta its own style, its own signature sound. Because before that, everybody from Atlanta was trying to sound like they were either from Miami with the booty bass music or they had like this West Coast beat. Or a couple of them were trying to sound like they were from New York because you had a lot of New York cats who lived in Atlanta at the time that was you know trying to influence hip-hop down there. But Southern Playalistic really changed that and gave Atlanta its own unique signature sound at aliens oh my goodness it just took outcast to another level equimini was dope but and everybody loves equimini but honestly after spending mad time listening to these albums and reflecting i think stank Onya was probably outcast best album if you want my opinion i you know i mean if you listen to this thing so fresh and so clean. I'm uh, Miss Sorry, Miss Jackson. Uh, whatever we can do, whatever with that one. Snapping and trapping. That was when they introduced Killer Mike. Nobody knew who the hell Killer Mike was before the snapping and trapping. And you listen to the, and, and, and you listen to Big Boy. Oh Jesus! Uh, you know Big Boy was really shining on this album. Bombs over Baghdad. Both of them killed their verses. I don't know who was better on that song. Who else? What else? I'll call before I come. I won't just pop. 
over at the blue. I love that damn song. Humble as a mumble in the jungle, the shots is green. That's the way the love that song too. Red Velvet, Gangsta Shit, Andre 3000's verse on Gangsta Shit right there. Slum Beautiful. Oh man, I kind of think. Uh, going back over it, I think Stank Only was a better album. ATL was dope. Let's not get it twisted. But I think Stank Only might have been their best album. Speaker Box Love Below. I didn't really too much like too many songs off Speaker Box per se. But Love Below, oh Jesus. I love that part. I love that. But I think Stank Only was probably Outkast's best album, in my opinion. I mean, I, yeah, I, it's kind of hard to explain, but I, I, I just think that that was their best album. Now, obviously, we know Speaker Box Love Below was their biggest selling album, to my knowledge. This thing sold like 10 million plus copies. And I, have, and I, have a, I had a copy of it. And The Love Below... Man, Andre really showed his ass off on that one. I don't think I listened to the Dungeon Fan. I may have listened to it, but I don't think I really got into it. You know, when you do those like those compilation albums, you know, some of them, a lot of them just be whack as hell. You know, regardless of who the artist is, the only the only real compilation album that I really really liked was was Jay Z's The Dynasty. Like this compilation album, The Dynasty, uh, Rock La Familia. This was the shit. This album was the shiznit right here. With Streets is Talking, with Beanie Siegel, Change the Game, Get Your Mind Right, This Can't Be Life, Stick to the Script. Oh, Jesus Christ. 1900 Hustler. This, this, uh, Jesus Christ. This thing was amazing. But Speaker Box Love Below, the Love Below album, let me see. Andre really, Andre really showed his ass off on this album. I'm trying to find the song. So here we go. I guess they don't have it broken down by individual albums. Let's see. Do they? She lives in my lap. Oh, Jesus. See, he kind of sound like Prince on that song. Where else? There was another song on there that I really like. What was it? Vibrate? I think it was Vibrate. I really love that song. Vibrate higher. But yeah, Stank Only was a shit, though. What the hell is y'all talking about? Who else y'all say up in there? Yeah, I know who Thugnificent is, Corn. I, I watched the Boondocks back in the day. So <laughs> DJ Khaled, uh, I get. I mean, I, I, I never really got into two. I mean, look, I'm a fan of some of his songs, but I'm not gonna sit here pretend like I was a super fan. You know, DJ Khaled's from Orlando. Well, he went to high school down here, but I never really got too too into DJ Khaled like that. We the best. Yeah, she lives in my lap. I love that song too. Um, it was just this. We had a lot of great music back then. 
Who else? Somebody else give me another album. Let's see. I think 98 was the year I really started listening to more rappers from Texas. Like, I mean, I had been a, I had been a fan of UGK and I had heard of DJ Screw and I heard some Screw and Chop music. But when I went to Tuskegee in 98, we had a lot of dudes from Houston, Texas that went to school out there. And they started bringing all those, those Chopped and Screw tapes back to school with them. And I really started listening to a lot of Chopped and Screw in 98. Matter of fact, that was the first time, 98 was the first year I heard of Slim Thug and Lil Kiki. I remember Slim Thug used to rap slow as hell. We used to, like I said, we used to be high as shit listening to this stuff. So it made it sound even more fascinating back then. So I really started getting into Chopped and Screwed that year too, more so than I. Because the first time I heard of Chopped and Screwed was probably like 95, 96. Somebody who had, I was, in, I was in my cousin's house and somebody had a Chopped and Screwed tape of Tupac. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, who, who messed this song up? Like, why is every song on here slowed and making this weird repeat sound? I was like 16 when I heard that. It was like, they're chopped and screwed. Somebody had went to Texas and got one of them tapes. I was like, what the hell is a chopped and screw? And then years later, I started hearing it more. When I really got, when I got to college, I started hearing it a lot. And I was like, I kind of fell in love with it. Because a matter of fact, most of my favorite rappers come up out of Texas. A lot of my favorite rappers come out of Texas. Well, Lil Troy, I think yeah, Lil Troy came out in 98 too. Wanna be a baller, shot caller, 20 inch blades on an Impala. What y'all know about, what y'all know about that? I'm a baller, I'm a 20 inch crawler. <laughs> Boy, I remember that song. That thing was huge back in 98. Good God. That came out in 98? Yeah, it sure did. That thing had Fat Pat on it. Yeah. The junk said that was the other dude that was rapping a little jit. Yeah, I remember him. Wanna be a baller, shot caller, twins, blade on an Impala. I hit the highway, making money to fly away. But it's got to be a better way. <laughs> Bo used to sing that song all the time in the student union. Better way, yeah. Lil Flip, he was doing his thing back then too. Pimp C, Kiki the Don. Yeah, look, Texas got a lot of fly-ass rappers. They got a lot of rappers out of there, man. Dude, that's like some of my favorite music comes out of Texas. I love Chopped and Screwed Slow Jams. Now you take R&B songs and chop them up. I put together a whole damn playlist. I still add songs to it whenever I find something I like. But you go to my channel. I got a Chopped and Screwed playlist on my channel. So you go to my playlist right here. G's Chopped and Screwed Song. I don't want to play. I just want to look at the want to look at the list. Hold up. I want to get this thing off of here. I love chopped and screwed music. So I, I add songs here. Every time I go through and find some stuff, 
I love when they chop these songs up, man. Oh, this stuff is just it's just magical when you play it in a car. But you know, other than that, I love I love I love uh I'm a big fan of y'all know who I really like out of Dallas. I mean, I just really started getting into this dude. Yellow Beezy. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of this dude, Yellow Beezy. Now, if I had to list a so-called new age rapper that I really like, I am a fan of this dude, Yellow Beezy. This joker is ridiculously talented. He can rap. He got his deliveries. I mean, this, this dude, he ain't like your stereotypical mumble rappers of today. I'm surprised this dude isn't way bigger than what he currently is. This dude is stupid talented. I'm a huge fan of this cat right here. So if y'all don't know about Yellow Beezy, y'all need to get your life right. That joke is the shit. A little young nigga from Dallas, Texas. That dude is the shit. Dude, Yellow, dude, I listen, listen, I heard of Yellow Beezy like two years ago, but like I say, I just thought he was like a, a regular everyday mumble rapper. I didn't really start listening to his crap to about six months ago. I was like, because I heard somebody playing that song. Uh, what's his big, what's the big song he came out with? Uh, um, something about that's on me. That's on me, baby. I was like, let me listen to this. Then I started listening to this old stuff. I was like, God damn, this nigga is nice. Like he can really rap. And like, I mean, he got, he can really put words together and rap. Then the beats is nice. So. I'm a fan of this dude. And then I started listening to his partner. What's his partner name? Freddie something. Uh, Trap Boy Freddie. He's another. He, he's, he, they, these two roll together. They do a lot of songs together. Trap Boy Freddie's actually kind of nice too. Like these dudes can. They're, they're part of this mumble rap generation. But they can actually rap. You know what I'm saying? Especially this Yellow Beezy dude. He can actually put words together and rap. So y'all need to go check Yellow Beezy out. He's uh, if you haven't, that dude's pretty dope. Anyways, I'm about to bounce, man. So I think I think I've answered this question. So I don't know. I don't really know what else to talk about. But uh, you know, that's 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 pretty much all I want to say. So shout out to uh, my man's who sent this in. What his name is? John Prejean sent $10 in. Shout out to you, player. Your boy's about to bounce. Like I say, it's dark, hell is hot. Outcasts, Equimini, and Juvenile's 400 Degrees. Those are my favorite albums. Hands down, period, point blank. It is what it is, all right? With that, y'all be easy. Peace.